Weezy taught me that. What? You know, I'm just a man out here trying to... Pokemon battle begin! Maybe LeBron just needs some competition. Someone to go... I think Bitcoin has a PR problem. I actually brought these, so if I was going to cut onions, I'd wear them. Entertainers for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Wait, like, what, is he, wasn't he in special life? Where's the quality? No, but we start right now. Season 3. Return of the Pastor. Pastor Cody G. Part 2. Uh, yeah. We're back. Pastor Cody G. My brother. We started off with a discussion about ministry and how I guess they're good to be paid because again I, I didn't even really think about that I just really assumed that again they were paid by the congregation everybody gives passes the plate we know how this works you have to keep the building going you have to keep the lights on you got to keep everything going but as you were saying as Christianity shrinks in America, Canada, and the UK, that means the, the, the offerings shrink. The offerings shrink, the buildings aren't as big, the lights don't get to stay on. You may not have a, a church choir every Sunday. That changes everything. I mean, you rely on volunteers and XYZ, but... I got you. All right, G. Let me time to spark that so I know. Yeah, I think uh, with everything that's happening, man, um, if you take everything into account, the economy, um, the lack of people coming to Christ in the United States, as well as COVID and where things are going, um, it's... It's about, it's about a three, four-headed monster that uh, the church is going to have to deal with. And so, financially speaking, um, when you don't have as many people coming to Christ, the congregation shrinks. You still have some of these big, huge churches. Sometimes you might drive down the road and you pass by some of these huge churches, church buildings, and you, and you think, man, it's a lot of people going there. Some of these church buildings can't sit about 2,000, but almost 300 people are sitting in the seats. So eventually, these are dying churches. And so um, what churches are starting to do a little bit more is to merge together. Uh, I know of, of one even here locally that uh, just merged together. I have um, been hearing of that, but it never came to me as like financial reasons. Like, Well, well again, like numerically causes the financial reasons. Mm. So once the numbers go down, we don't have as much financial dollars to raise a fund um, to fund the church, and so uh, and so that's what's affecting it. Um, and, uh, and it's, in my opinion, it's it's, it's unfortunate, and it, it's kind of crazy because when you look at what's going on globally, how is it excelling in certain areas but declining in others? Um, especially in areas where we're much more resourced than some of these, you know, maybe poor countries. We have much more 
opportunities to uh, to reach people. And okay, so, let me stop you there. Do you think the poorer countries are relying on donations as much as we are? Do you think they're getting donations as much as the congregations in America? It's well, I think it's it's a few things. You could do a lot more with a lot less over there uh, than you could do over here. But I think the biggest thing, though, bro, is when you look at the scriptures. If you ask yourself, if Jesus was to be here right now, and he said, "Hey, look, come with me, come follow me, follow me for a day," what type of places would you end up? What would you be? You will be in the marginalized communities. You will be in the hoods, in the ghettos. That's what Jesus spent the majority of his time. You would be with people who's actually physically disabled and sick. You would be caring for widows and, 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 and poor folks. He did not spend the majority of his time with, with wealthy people. He challenged those wealthy people. But the majority of his time, he went to those who had the greatest need. And, I'm, and unfortunately for America, right now, Jesus is present in a lot of the poor countries. And, and, um, and, it, and, it, it, and, it, and it shows in how um, the declining numbers. And unfortunately, many of the churches who are wealthy and well-off, they put more dollars and efforts and resources in well-off communities and uh, in the lower income communities, um, they're seeing more things like maybe miracles and miraculous events happening, but they're not they're not resourced very well. And so um, so yeah, and so that's pretty much what's what, what's happening in that area, man. Um, and so when you mention things like um, church online or church in the metaverse. Um, I think that's that's probably the next best option for church in America. I mean, because you don't have to deal with high costs. You don't have to deal with paying for a building. Um, and one of the best places for churches to start churches or plant churches um, uh, geographically, uh, best locations are like a, a school. Uh, but your schools are very expensive. I know quite a few churches, young, small churches, who are paying $6,000 a month Jeez. to meet in the school. They only have the building once a week. And so uh, it's very expensive to, uh, to to operate a church in today's uh, climate. climate. Especially when you're doing it like you used to do it back when things were booming, back when people were interested in, uh, in God or interested in a creator, uh, back when Billy Graham used to just take out an ad in a, in a newspaper and say, hey, we're going to be here at this arena, and thousands, tens of thousands of people show up to be saved, it's because the interest in Christianity or the interest in God or connecting with a higher power. That added uh, to the ad in the newspaper, like I said, back then. Tens of thousands of people were reading the newspaper. Tens of thousands of people are no longer reading the newspaper. But tens of thousands of people are on social media. On social media. Churches are on social media, but still it's not it's not the same because the interests of the people are not the same. And so, for example, you had people, you take a scale, one being, um, you know, the lower 
plus of interest, 10 being the highest of folks' interest. Back then, Billy Graham and ministers of his day started out with people being maybe a, a five, six, um, on a scale of, you know, I, I do believe that there's a creator. I, I do believe that he's loving. I just don't know who he is. That was the starting spot for, for many people in America. But now, the starting spot is skepticism or or uh, denial or apathy or, um, or even hostility. And so how do you do ministry? How do you plant churches? How do you do evangelism when the starting spot is behind the eight ball so far? Um, and so it's a different model and a different approach that the American church has to adapt to. Uh, but unfortunately, it's still sort of training folks to do it the, the, the old way. And the old way, uh, the old way they did it, doesn't work for today. Well, we know church is the old system. It teaches you the old way. So I understand why it would take you a little bit longer. But let's go back to, again, church in the metaverse and how, again, what we would do to, I guess, evolve the way churches had because again maybe it's not believers maybe it's not maybe it's, again it's just not showing up maybe it's just there is so much more going on in churches just secondhand i wouldn't say it's a believer i think it's like those who are dedicated and show up because my family came down here from minnesota and they made sure they found a church but they've been doing that for again forever i again maybe i didn't the younger people didn't probably go, but most of most of them went. Let me say, out of ten, seven people went to church. Yeah. And they make sure they found a church, and they had church. It was Easter Sunday, but even still, even if it was regular Sunday, they were gonna find a church. And again, they were gonna give to the plate, and they were gonna do as they should, just because that's what they were taught, and that's how, that's what you're supposed to do. We know this. Again, now, for those three that didn't go, that's not to say they weren't believers because that's what they were taught. But I'm pretty sure they, again, may worship in a different way. Mm. We'll, we'll break down the etymology of a lot of these words later. But if you can reach them through the metaverse or podcasting, which basically it is, let's say you just up your up your your podcast into a metaverse let's say like Snoop Snoop Dogg right now is hosting a party in his house in the metaverse getting paid to be there charging people admission to party with him in the metaverse not the real Snoop Dogg a Snoop Dogg avatar and he could just have maybe let's say he has his videos pre-recorded up there and people go in there and they watch his pre-recorded video and say okay you just build your Build your church there. Build your church in the metaverse. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, it's possible. I'm not. I'm not denying that it's possible. Um, the, the thing of it is, is that I'm not sure if it's a different platform that the church needs, as much as um, as much as a total, totally different approach to to church. Um, I think now the old way, when I refer to the old way, I'm saying the old American way. 
and that's sort of how we're still trying to function. The church today, I think, needs to revert back to um, older first century, second century Christianity ways. Because um, if you again, you can't so, you can't go forward and go back. If you go forward, let's say this pastor now, let's say you get big in the metaverse, and you may want to still preach in person. We, how can you still be connected to a church if like you're receiving all the money if you're the pastor like everybody's going to go see pastor cody in pastor cody's church on the metaverse why would they come see pastor cody at what and that's and that's the thing that's the part of the problem with the metaverse is that it's not a it's not a geographical location and so it's it's sort of a tuning in and it's the same problem with with church online um, proximity matters to 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 one's faith and to one's growth to, to see someone um, living their life according to the way you believe God has called us to um, it's encouraging it's uplifting it's iron sharpening iron without having that physical experience it's, it's just different and so as it pertains to raising dollars, the idea of raising dollars is you take all of the money in and a percentage goes to the pastor so that he can exist and live, and a percentage goes to the functioning of the church on a day-to-day basis. A percentage is supposed to go to benevolence, that's for uh, widows and for uh, you know hardships that may occur in the church. Um, and there's a percentage that's the that's to go towards, in my opinion, and from what I see with the scriptures as well, is community development and, and, and helping people, um, helping people in you know day to day lives or um, looking for opportunities to, to, to serve. Um, building more churches, building more schools. That's what. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, but without that, without a focus on a neighborhood. Focus on a on a on a, on a community or a city. Um, that's a, that's a huge part of what it means to be the church. That is that is now taken away if all we do is gather in the metaverse. I think we could we could have you know sermons and and, and, and talks discussions in the metaverse, but I don't think the whole church experience should be just experienced through the metaverse. What about folks who who can't get in the metaverse? Okay, time out. Let's okay. take it. Let's take that back to the mega churches we have here now. You get the same numbers you get on the mega on the in the uh, metaverse. You get at Joel Osteen. You don't know Joel Osteen's church. You know Joel Osteen. That nigga's royal ride right now. That nigga got six planes and million dollar whatever. But is his community around him in was he at Texas? Houston. Houston. Is his community in Houston like? Living off Joel Osteen is this community and like so, like again. So if you become Pastor Cody of the Metaverse and you become, let's say you get popping, what ties you to whatever church you're you're with? Then does the church now understand how that should there be a balance or should you just be like quote unquote celebrity the celebrity pastor who attends this church on? this Sunday and now you float to this church on this Sunday and 
Yeah, uh, eventually it's going to come down to the point of how much are you doing what you're telling us to do? You know, like if a, if a pastor is just floating around preaching about how other folks should live or do things, when is he spending his time living and doing those things? And so church life happens during the week, not just on Sunday gatherings. And I think that's part of the issue that the church has experienced in, in the United States is along the lines that it is just, it has become solely a something we do on Sunday mornings, you know, a, a routine, a Sunday morning routine, um, rather than a lifestyle. And so, um, I think without that community and cultural engagement element, um, how could we be witnesses of Christ? That's what, that's what we're called to do. Um, and so, uh, it just, it, it, it really makes things different, new. I, I don't deny that, you know, Jesus said in the scriptures that on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I do believe that the church is, is going to go on. It has survived industrialism. It has survived all these different ages. It will survive this one. It's just a matter of, um, at this point, um, how should we sort of morph our approach to evangelism and discipleship in order to uh, in, in order to do our best to uh, to do our part? Would that be? Would- would that be going to the metaverse? Again, that's what I, would that because it sounds to me like again going to the metaverse, unless you go to again somebody else's church, say Church by the Glades, makes a, a metaverse church and you you pre-record your your audio just like Snoop does and your avatar says it. Yeah, and so my only thing again with the metaverse is what would the rest of church activity involvement, cultural engagement look like. So, for example, Evan. Everything can be put through the metaverse. You can do all that through the metaverse. You you can have events in the metaverse. You can go to work in the metaverse. You can do exercise programs or whatever through the metaverse. Correct. But you can't really do life as far as, all right, I'm in need. Uh, Could you come over? Could you pray with me? Um, Hey, let's uh, let's spend some time reaching those folks in our community who are in need. Let's do a backpack drive. Let's 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 do a a, a back to school um, community event. Um, uh, What's crazy oh. is all that can happen. They have places right now, or not places. Well, I guess they are places in the metaverse where you, you can be in your house. I can be in my house. And we can go to this movie theater and watch a movie together at the same time in the metaverse. Just like we're having this conversation right now. I don't we can go there. We can pray together just like we... Well, what about, what about me, Evan? I don't have the $200 or so to spend on the goggles to join you, Pastor Cody, in, in the metaverse. So what about me? And so, and, and that's the thing, like white churches, predominantly white wealthy churches, they have the luxury of being able to only focus on folks who can invest money back towards what they're doing. But what, where's the love in that? Where's the inconvenience in yourself 
uh, for the betterment of someone who does not have those same resources. And so we as black pastors, we don't have the luxury of just turning a blind eye to folks that are in need. In fact, people in our communities, they have a different set of expectations for us than Joel black Steve. pastors in white say, communities. Cause, exactly. Because I was going to say that you don't expect, even it's crazy, as long as you say that, you don't expect from Joel Osteen what you do from Creflo Dollar. Number one, you don't expect police reform to be sort of pursued from Joel Osteen. But you would expect it to be pursued from T.D. Jakes or Tony Evans or Creflo Dollar, other black pastors. The, the black community expects for black pastors to do something. For example... That's deep. Um, That's deep. Uh, you know, there, there was a black pastor, I believe, who went to see... Uh, President Trump, or even take for that matter, uh, uh, Steve Harvey, uh, and there was a other group of black pastors who went to, to see and speak with Trump. And what the community wanted to know: What did you do? What did you do for our community? Or did you just go in there and just you know chop it up with them and just he 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 ha ha ha? A white pastor can go in there and keep he ha ha ha, and his congregation is good with that. There's an expectation that we look out for those who are in need in our community and to advance um, our community for the betterment of our community. Um, and so, in the midst of those expectations, um, on top of all of the other pastoral responsibilities a pastor has to do, I mean, I know many pastors who, who work 70 hours a week. And that's not including, you know, even getting up on Sunday morning and handling the, the responsibilities of that. Being, you know, called upon to go to people's you know, hospital beds, doing uh, counseling sessions. It, it could be a, a big load. And I think, and I know there's a lot of pastors through COVID who are just uh, overwhelmed and, uh, and uh, burnt out experience on top of stand up stand up with all the financial responsibilities that it takes to run a church and to do all of those things a lot of pastors are, you don't have enough income coming in to bring in more help so all of those responsibilities fall on one person mm-hmm. if something breaks in the bathroom you gotta tend to it um, if there's issues with going online, you got to tend to it. He, he does all the marketing on social media. He does all the video editing. He does all the sermon preaching. So, why why, why would he need the church? Again, that's the, that may even, again, kill the, like I said, the kill the church. Because why would he need the church if he could just put his name on it and then now everybody who he's marketing to comes to see him. Now he puts a a little donate button in the bottom of his videos and they they pay him through right there which is possible now he's getting paid through his clicks on top of that now he's creating extra sources of income that he doesn't have to split all that can be put right into his own home he can still be pastor james or whoever he is part of the issue is is that a regular Average communicator 
go on to the metaverse and figure out how could they be a part of what Joel Osteen got going on or Tony Evans or Creflo Dollar or John MacArthur, some of these other tremendously gifted communicators and again down goes the reputation of of the local pastor <coughs> because again it's not just about what happens or what the pastor does on Sunday mornings as far as preaching a sermon it's a whole week's worth of responsibilities thinking on a major scale let's say future and all that does happen everybody is forced into one of five major churches now because again like you said you can kill all local you're killing off all local pastors and xyz you're basically getting two or three forms of christianity whatever whatever joel osteen says is is the word of god at the end of the day however he interprets it is just is just that so like you can't it's almost a need again to have your local churches. It's a need for like again, my, my grandmother was devout member to Macedonia for as long as I can remember. I remember the way that place smelled, I remember the, the steps and I haven't been there in years. I'm making sure it was still open, but I, I I know it. So I know she went to that local church. She didn't go to the big one for a reason. We had this conversation at my at my aunt's house years ago was about why she didn't go but she didn't go because she stayed with this certain place she stayed with the first black doctor in Minneapolis Dr. Johnson and she was there that long and she no it's her church that was probably the church in her community exactly she held community there that's that's what that's what we see in the scriptures is folks go to the church down the street from them they don't go across town to to somebody else's church The, the, the church in your community is your church that's just the way it goes and I think part of the issue with social media is that this idea especially if you only believe that church is to be done on Sunday mornings then I could do church on Sunday mornings somewhere else I could listen to what they're saying over there live my life according to how they're explaining things and I don't have to abide by the authority that God has given me in this community my local pastor. So you're gonna have to do both then, because if you don't do both, one gotta go. What do you mean? If the local pastors are shrinking, eventually they're not gonna be there. Eventually, those other guys are not gonna be there as well. So it, for example, the, those other guys are, are almost McDonald's. They're almost too big to fail. How many? How many scandals have you seen Joel Osteen do? Joel Osteen just had thousands of dollars hit in the wall of his church that he didn't know about. So the question is, is I mean, these guys are upper 40s, maybe mid-50s or even later. Who replaces TV Jakes? Who replaces Joe Osteen? Who replaces Creflo Dollar? And, and the thing of it is, is how about, you know, it, Pat Robertson? Old white guy, Pat Robertson? Old white guy? Yeah. He's an old white... Yeah, he's the same thing. Old televangelist? Yeah, maybe one of those. The biggest problem, I think, with millennials is uh, we're the only generation, to my knowledge, who's ever believed. Uh, And this is, I think this is around 50, 
sense of we're the only generation who's ever believed that it's a moral problem, a moral issue to share your faith with someone else with the motivation of having them uh, agree and join to what you're communicating, join themselves to what you're so, for example, uh, let's just take it to the world of politics. Well, that's why I separate church and state. Yeah, but I'm just using this for example. I know not to bring this up, but it's just I, this is the first thing that came to my mind. If I was a Democrat, you was a Republican. If I was to have a conversation with you about all you know, the reasons why you should leave being a Republican and join uh, the Democratic Party, Millennials believe, as it pertains to religion, that that's a moral issue. That's wrong to do. And so we have less and less sharing of the gospel, specifically by millennials. And if that continues from generation to generation, here in the United States, we're heading towards a post-Christian society that is a uh, more and more people who will not even know who in the world you're referring to when you say Adam and Eve. They won't even know who you're referring to when you when you mention uh, you know, even Jesus or you know things of that sort. Uh, and a post-Christian society is much more hostile towards. Christianity than, than a pre-Christian society. That's before you know they even heard that stuff. Some of these countries who are just now hearing about Christianity, they're 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 gravitating towards this stuff because they, they've never heard of it. But as we move closer towards a post-Christian society, it'll be more of a hostility towards this stuff because yeah, we heard of it, but not only that, um, you know, experiences of how things went negatively impacted them or negatively impacted their families um, it just brings about more persecution um, which at times could be good for the church but um, so again I think we have to do the exper- again we have to do the experiment and do both you have to like you have to evolve like you said you can't be stuck in one way so for you both to evolve you have to evolve but again now Again, as let's say you're just, well, I, I don't know how you're gonna juggle tying it all in because I don't know if you're gonna be expected. Let's say you already, let's say you're already rich off of rubber bands. For some reason, your your dad sold rubber bands and you're just a rubber band king now. Your dad passed and you left your rubber band empire, but. You took on a calling to be a pastor so you've been rich this whole time forgot my point for a minute how do you separate fiction from reality in the metaverse meaning everything like everything you see is is, 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 is fiction it's not but there every, but everything from a pastor's standpoint everything we want you to know is reality and fact. What are you doing? Is speaking? You could again. You could have your sermon 
in the metaverse. You can, again, pre-record whatever you want and then have it in this building. So in this building, when they go up the street and they go in this building, they know they're going to go see Pastor Cody every Sunday, a new sermon every Sunday. And again, maybe they have the replays in another building or another room of the building. I got you. I, 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 I'm just saying. Now, again, my thing is, my thing again, if you get that, you don't need to be a local. You don't have to, you, in my opinion, you still need to be local. Yes, you need to be local to have ties but to the community. You don't need to be, uh, you don't have to have a physical location. Now, I, I agree with a church being versatile and being able to, to move and go from spot to spot. That's what we see a lot in the, in the New Testament. They didn't have one physical location. And I, I do like that about the metaverse. Um, but it's just the idea that of, you can't touch the community here. Like you can't touch people. Half these people here, 99% of people here around us have never access to metaverse, can't access to metaverse, and wouldn't know what to do once they got there if yeah. somehow they stumbled upon it. So I'm going to say you're going to have to, like, you're gonna have to again. It wouldn't be church because I'm trying to stick to the traditional aspects of church at the same time. What What would make the metaverse more attractive than Zoom? Would we do church on Zoom or do church on you know during during the pandemic, folks couldn't gather in church buildings, and so they went and, and they, they they had gatherings. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't on Facebook or. What would be the difference between that and the metaverse? Well, depending on what branch you want to go to the metaverse. If you want to go to, uh, what is it, the sandbox, and you want to physically go ahead or you're going to build out like a Roblox type world where you're going to enter the physical, not the physical, but enter the 3D building and you're going to take a seat. Your avatar is going to take a seat just like you're playing a video game and they're going to watch the sermon you give as like we're sitting here, but this whole thing is going to be digital that you created like you're on the game Roblox or again it's just the same thing your, your avatar goes and sits down and now watches your video pre-recorded or your YouTube video they may just watch your YouTube video as an avatar in the metaverse it may just not even be a, a, a goggles thing it may just be a, a screen that you could put on YouTube and you can clean your house on Saturday or something like that. How would how would you how would you recommend a church do the sacraments like baptism or Lord's Supper? Again, you're right. Good. So what we did was we had drive-by uh, sort of community where people would drive by the church building while we were in the pandemic and uh, we would pray with them in the parking lot and then you know, put on masks and gloves and them uh, bread and, and wine and, uh, and do it that way uh, but again that's, you don't get that same New Testament church feel uh, without that physical interaction so yeah 
but again, it's still more about reaching the people. Okay, again, I'm not. I guess it really doesn't matter if you could be a local pastor to do all those things and and still have the online celebrity. And, and here's the problem, though. I think reaching folks somewhere along the line in American Christianity has become we reach them by inviting them to an event. We reach them by saying it's a cool club. It's a cool place you can come to where there's lights and smoke follow machines and great music and a nice feel good message and then you can go home feeling great about yourself as you start your week. That's not Christianity. That's not biblical Christianity. But that is a method that we've taken. We've gotten that from uh, from the movement of the mega churches, so you don't. Know, of, of, and we just brought him up earlier, uh, Billy Graham, and the Crusades. And so, what that looked like was they figured out a way to gather large crowds of people. Um, and and what happened from that is churches saw that and they said, well, let's let's do our model of church the way that they do this model of crusade events. Let's adapt that to what we do. Maybe we could grab large crowds of people like them. The problem with that is, is it's not, it's not the best way to disciple people through real life situations and issues. How do you feel about those again? Church by the glaze, and they get you with like half the song or half to them sermon is a concert. Yeah, it's more songs, and they do different renditions of whatever rap song or whatever else, and then. It's more cool to, to I be. I just can't find it in the Bible. And so that's how I feel about it. Um, I, I don't doubt that there's people who actually you know, have a relationship with the Lord who's, who's gone there and maybe even gotten saved through their ministry. It's just not the best approach. It's not the most effective approach as it pertains to leading somebody to a healthy relationship with, with God through Jesus. And so... Um, and I think there's there's so many opportunities for distraction. There's so many opportunities to take your mind off of actually worshiping God and place it on, you know, the sound of music or place it on the beautiful lighting or place it on all of these other aspects or place it on even even placing it on. I, I like the way this guy sings, uh, but not as much as the other guy. All of that stuff can play a part in in, in a person's heart genuinely. do it to take away from having to actually like do the work and they can just tell you oh because again in some ways it's easier again it's easy yes because the sermons be bland and watered down and like instagram quotes you don't really get the feel from it but it's a big mega church and it's the whole thing and you just heard the 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 high school whatever sing and now you're supposed to clap for it and now they give you almost like a false sense of communion and sense of community. And it, you're right, it kind of changes the traditional feel of what it's like to go to church. So what it's like to sit there for three hours and have a basically just a study session of this man pounding scripture into you. Like, again, that's not cool. That's not sexy. That's not 
a lecture is not the best way to teach someone. A 50 minutes to an hour lecture is not, it's studies has proven that's not the best way to teach someone. And we don't really have any examples in scripture of a sermon being given in a format where somebody sits down and listens to them speak for 50 minutes. It's more of a conversation. Preaching is more of a back and forth conversation. And we see that to some degree in traditional black churches where the pastor would preach, anybody hear me out there? Can I hear a witness? They respond. And if they're not responding, he knows I gotta dig a little deeper on this in this area. Um, but you know, questions being asked and all of that stuff in the middle of conversation, that's sort of how people learn best. It's not just sitting still and listen to you talk the whole time. Uh, but that's again a method of preaching that, that we have gravitated to um, in the Western world, um, and even that may has to may have to uh, change in order for the church to be more effective um, down the road. But um, but there's and I think that's one of the issues and challenges of today. There's so many options out there. You can do it this way. You can do it this way. You can go back to school for this. You can go back to school for that. You can do that. You can do this. You go to the to, to the store and instead of having one to two, maybe three toothpaste uh, to, to pick from, you now have twenty different companies to choose from, and all of them saying similar language. Who to trust? And so, um, with all the different approaches for ministry, um, which is the best? And, 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 which is the most effective, um, and which is the only thing that we should be thinking about is which one is more God glorifying and which one will lead folks closer to Jesus, and that's the one that we should pursue. But oftentimes, the ones that we pursue is which one is more economically feasible, which one is more, uh, you know, maybe less stress. I know of a pastor who used to have a large congregation, big room of people, five thousand downgraded said you know what I, I I don't want that I don't even I don't feel like I see that even in scripture downgraded to maybe about 12 people in the room and he says his job is much more difficult with 12 people who actually know him know his problems know his sins know what his bank account looks like know how he spends his money all of that is out in the open in front of people and you're being discipled back and forth iron really sharpening iron rather than going up there preaching a 50 minute long session and then going backstage behind the curtains and never being you know seen by people again until next week so then what makes at that point what makes him a pastor he's only preaching to 12 people what's that's just i understand 12 and the number 12 and disciples blah, 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 but what makes him like pastor is supposed to call to the to the masses call, pastor no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying stay there at, at 12 people so micro churches they they tend to all right they put a cap on how much people that's that's going to be gathering here in my little house. Right. 16 is the max. After we get to 16, you should be raised up as a leader by that time. We want you to take a group of people to your house and start that up. Eventually, from your house, somebody else starts up. And that's more of what we see in the New Testament. And occasionally, they would meet in the courtyards of the temple large in larger amounts Um but most of church experiences was done in folks' homes. Um, and a pastor is, you know, you can, you can, I can pastor my, I'm pastoring my family of, of, you know, of six. 
So, um, Max is just like a, a shepherd. That's, that's what it is. Uh, he guides, feeds, cares for sheep. No matter how many, how many it is. I think somewhere along the lines, we've we've come to the point where you ain't passed unless you have 200 plus folks following you. myself, would I do it if I didn't get paid to do it? I think that's a good question for every pastor to ask themselves. Uh, are we doing it because it's a career or it's a calling? And that's one thing I can appreciate about like my dad. TV's blocked here in the studio. Um, that's the type of work my dad has done all his life mm. while pastoring for four years. Work outside in the hot sun, cut himself up all day long. And when his co workers show up to work, he'd say, uh, Well, good morning, welcome to church. He'd play another block and he'd preach while he's working. Sometimes they're listening, sometimes they're not. The same songs while he's working. And then later on that night, he'd go and preach a sermon to the congregation, show back up to work at 5 o'clock in the morning to listen. Uh, and always got paid. And we'll die broke. But is that successful? And, that, and that, that's the question that I would always be asking myself. In, in the eyes of God, it's very much so. It's fruitful. In the eyes of man, nah, man, you tripped. So. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you think he deserves more? Huh? So I'm saying, in the eyes of man, we would think he deserves more. Yeah. Doesn't even have to be argued. If yeah. a man like that who doesn't make me work like that his whole life, and then continues to continues do to do it and and preach goodness, yeah. you can't like he deserves more. He's been a benefit to his community, preacher or not. Yeah, and so I mean, there's it's, it's faithfulness is is the biggest measurement of success in ministry. It's not numerical numbers you might you lie to say something true and folk don't know that sure mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I mean I like so, that you lie to say something true and folks don't ever come back you know, and so faithfulness is the true measurement of success in ministry um, but yeah man I like that say something true and like, never show up again I didn't know the like again the inner workings and in, in, in how it works of being an actual pastor and again the dealings with again it is almost like marketing you have to be able to keep these people in you have to be able to hey man come and share with your your family come to the church yeah. come hear this this is good for you and then you have to again you have to keep it interesting you have to keep it charismatic and so I feel for a brother like Michael Todd um, who, you know, every week he has to top what he's done last week. He has to bring an animal on stage this week. So next week, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep people's attention, keep people engaged? Because whatever you did to get them there, you have to keep doing to keep them there. Mm. And so um, then we have instances where he he actually thinks spitting in his brother's face would be a good idea 
can you get to that point where you actually bleed? Oh, you're good. Let me do this. It's because he knows that the pressure is on. You have to keep outperforming yourself. The shock value is what I think. And again, again, that's what takes you to on TV. He's looking for shock value. Shock value is not gonna get a congregation. It's not gonna get you followers. It's gonna get you likes. It's gonna get you retweets. It's gonna get you shit like that. Yeah. For all the wrong reasons, though. Yeah. He's famous for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. I think we should now again move forward with or take the steps in the direction of. Pastor Cody online in some I sort. See, I can see it being helpful, but I'm just like with social media, YouTube, or any other outlet, I can see it being used as a tool, but not being used as the total experience of the church. I mean, as long as you let them know, I'm here every Sunday, South Florida, boom. I'm South Florida, Pastor Cody. Because that's going to tell you, like, again, that's where your community's at. You can't, again, you can't just be Joel Osteen of... I mean, everybody knows his church is in Houston just because he's been there now, but... It doesn't... It's, it's different. Like, again, he's not... He's more celebrity than pastor. You don't get him for that. T.D. Jakes, again, maybe that becomes more of, like, the race squad because you require more from T.D. Jakes. You understand more from T.D. Jakes. Creflo even uh what's my guy uh with the song and he was just cussing his son out Kirk, uh, oh yeah Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin. Yeah. I like him <laughs> <laughs> nigga you ain't getting none of my money <laughs> nigga you fucking out your mind <laughs> I like him and yeah. people respected it. Like when that happened, people respected it. Like they they knew he was human. And I, I'd have to go back to to, to look at those videos. But initially, uh, I could see how people respect that he's human. Uh, I, I I felt I felt a little different about it because uh, it sounded like. That he was talking like that around mm-hmm. are in some ways accustomed to him speaking like that. I, I didn't sense any shock value mm-hmm. uh, in the room, and uh, I can see if you, you you just look you know you just lose it and you go off. But it was almost well, you know. It's, it's that time again. It's that time again. It's normal. It's you know, um, and so that's what I. I really wasn't feeling too much, and uh, but I mean it is what it is. We all have issues. We all have things that we're struggling with. Uh, and hey, who knows? One, one of his biggest battles might just be uh, the issues that he's having with his son. I mean, we all—he's been on Oprah talking about his battles, so we can't. This nigga drove through the trash. Nigga drove miles <laughs> through the trash. Looking for his battles. So, yeah. 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 yeah, you know what Kurt Franklin. Yeah. 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 Uh, but there's, there's a... You know what the interesting thing here, Evan? There's a difference 
don't know what the difference is here. Maybe you help me with this. But some people is appreciated for when they expose themselves to uh, to the world. And some people are not as appreciated. Uh, give me one second. Uh, Exodus, when he said if a man takes another wife, as long as he doesn't take away from the first wife, go for it. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But Exodus was like 2111, something like that. I don't know exactly. I think it's 2111, somewhere around there. For research purposes. (laughs) That would, that would, Almost condone it. I mean, why not? I mean, it also said if your brother's wife or your brother dies, you now have to take his wife. Yep. Sure. What if you had a wife? <laughs> if you had a wife, yeah. If you had a wife at already at that time. So like, it's not like a new concept that people were living by. I think again, now in today's age, it gets perverted. Because now, again, you have you don't have the complete structure of a home and how you're supposed to treat these women. Yeah. Now you still you still respect and honor and obey to that degree, but with in the world of strip clubs and whatever else you find on the internet and Instagram, it kind of gets perverted into a misunderstanding of biblical reference. And how even how people lived during that time before the Bible, because it was clearly a way of life if it was written about yeah. in numerous texts. Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a practice that has always gone on. context in which it always went on as far as polyamorous I don't see that even in biblical religion Um, polyamorous are not married Um, they are aware of another person that they are are aware of their partner having multiple partners Mm -hmm. Um, and they they have agreed to that they said they're fine with that um, there's different names to it like if it's a man with multiple women and women with multiple men yeah, yeah. I forgot the, how to break it down but yeah there's different levels but I think the, the, the overall concept concept of uh, is yeah uh, now again like I said I, I go back to again I think like that's it we gotten away from certain understandings of a way of life I think this has now become the way Joel Osteen preaches this and you understand that now this is the form of Christianity we've gotten this is the form and now this has now been perverted and twisted into society just to keep society better and society moving it may take away from your original core values of how the world should be moving or you should be treating 
people in general. Like, you should not, like, again, you can't, not everybody's, like, necessarily homewrecker or whore or pimp or, like, that changes That's a whole other discussion on how you class men and women just for that period. Because yeah. the man is always going to be seen as that's just what men do. And the women always be seen as lesser than. Again, but that takes it back as to nature because women outnumber men. There's no, there's no way around it. You're going to have, there's no way around that. Yeah. You can't always find that one person. That one man person may already belong to somebody. Sure. And now in today's caste system, it, it becomes taboo to create a perfectly biblical quote unquote relationship or it becomes like I said just bad energy or something bad somebody looks at you or talks to you or maybe you see from your family different from again entering in a different form of relationship or nuptials or however it may be now you can say you preach against it now why would it be again I, I think that is a major part in again family structure and why people just don't stay together quote unquote what? I think that's I think the, the numerical issue the numerical issue and just the nature of human and flesh women don't have that same a man's life is love a woman's love is life oh no yeah a woman's love a woman's life is love a man's love is life like you were you were, as men you were put here to again protect provide conquer but I, I, you're, never, you're not gonna deny there's a beautiful woman in front of you now if you can provide and protect and in a perfect world or a biblical world like there's nobody to say who's there to condemn you yeah. but, but society in this new like but you can't it's weird and taboo to even like try to justify and understand because well, of where we are today everything is being challenged um, it's like uh, is it big love when the guy the, in Utah what's it in Utah when they have uh multiple wives they can only do it in Utah and they all have like different houses you seen there's a TV show about it on HBO the guy preaches he's a preacher and he has like seven wives and he goes through and he has to like it's a TV show about how he does it and why he preaches it in the whole nine I think it's called Big Love it's just called Big Love but I forgot like again he's not frowned upon those women aren't looked at as hussies or whatever else but again you do that here and you say you have Tina and whoever else and and, and now it's almost tainted yeah why like again I, I understand like if you have 12 women and you just look like it's as frowned upon as I don't think I would assume uh, Willow got more encouragement 
brother me being a big Marge when she made the statement that she's polyamorous. I think those kids were raised different though. Yeah, but I'm saying if you if, if you were able to take a poll of the nation's response to her announcement, I think you'd have more in support of her. I agree. Than in standing against her. I agree. Um and so I don't think it's as frowned upon. Okay, but if you read, let's say, we're talking about biblical, we're taking it strictly biblical, strictly in the church. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, again, people get excommunicated for cheating and women's husband, and again, that becomes a perversion in the way they go about it. But let's say, if Jose didn't necessarily go about it that way and didn't cheat on his wife and made her feel whatever else, I'm sure there was a way for them to work that out. And still attend church. Like I think a big thing, you go take it back to back in the day. You can go sit down with your wife and your mistress at church. It'd be the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Both of y'all in the front row, pastor right there preaching whatever. How would that work? It'd be the same. I think that's exactly the same thing that changes what was originally taught society because now society has this view of the scarlet or the harlotin and xyz and you don't want to be that you now have to take ownership over your husband and control who he talks to and listens to because of whatever else may be when you're really just denying the natural occurrence of the world from you it's like how that was there for a reason. I don't, again, I, I have my issues with the Bible, but I believe it is a beautiful time capsule of what the world was and how the world was moving. I know, I, I, I agree. Uh, my, my only thing, though, is like, I don't think the natural way is polygamy or having multiple marital partners. I think the most natural way was everybody started and came from one couple, two people. The third person got here, not from 50 people or whatever number, they got here from two people. God's original natural design for marriage is one woman, one man. Um, And now things like polygyny was allowed, it wasn't condemned, um, but the, the main reasons was uh, for, for justice reasons. Uh, back then, women didn't have uh, a means to provide for themselves, and so it's either you became a prostitute, which the Bible is clearly against, or you married a man who cared for you. There was no other financial means for a woman. I think there's still no other financial means for a woman now. Let's go back to again. Let's talk. Let's we can go back to talk to uh, our good friend Trevin and understand his situation and apply that to just what you just said. She has no means. The woman has no means. I'm talking about the one for the doctor. The woman that he's married. Yes. Yeah, I don't know her name. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying you don't mean to Yeah, 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 but nobody knows, but whatever. But nobody, <laughs> yeah, she has means, but at the same time, she doesn't. 
Like you said, she doesn't like she's. She was with the family, her father and mother. She had means. Okay. And her father was passed yeah. away, and, and she can't go nowhere else. You know, for justice reasons, God said, "Yeah, you can take on another wife." For example, the whole is the whole issue with with the man, with the man brother who goes off to war or whatever, he dies, and now this woman has nowhere to go. Yeah, man, you should, out of an act of justice and caring for a widow, marry this woman, bring her into your family, give her something to eat, provide for her. Don't let her sit out there and rot and die or become some prostitute who's abused and mistreated all throughout, you know, the rest of her life. Yeah, but he also said you should do that for the poor and the hungry and feed whoever else. Yeah, but I, I think polygamy these days more so is... It's not for those reasons. It's not for those pure. I agree. I agree. I think it's been 100% perverted. Yeah. I think when he said if a man decides to, I think he's speaking about if a man was married and he just so happened to meet someone who he just is so smitten with and so infatuated with that he has to have her in his life. I think that just. I think that happened more than it didn't. And again, I'm not saying just to go to whorehouses. I'm not saying that's what I, I'm not saying just strip clubs and be a pimp and the pimping or any of that. I'm not saying any of that shit about prostitution. I'm thinking about actual like structure and like building family and community. Because we always know that, okay, you're a, you're a son of Ham or you're a Canaanite. Okay. okay. This may be your cousin or family. Okay, that's how sure. tribes were built. Sure, sure, sure. I got a question for you. Uh, I, I personally believe that we're all uh, made up of at least two parts. Physical body and a uh, spiritual soul. And I think what it means to be alive soul and your body is at, at, at one. Mm-hmm. When you die, the thing that dies, death is basically separation of soul from the, from the body. Uh, and so, since we are all, both physical and spiritual, uh, to some sense, we are spiritual beings, physical beings and spiritual beings. Correct, yes. Folks are not gravitating towards some of the main um, religions, primary religions that have been around for for years, uh, Judaism, uh, Islam, Christianity. Uh, But folks are still practicing spirituality. Uh, Maybe to, to a degree that is even far greater than it's ever been. Take into account stones and uh, witchcraft and um, all of these other like you have many places where they just run business. I remember as a massage therapist going to a place looking for an essential oil, and they was just you know, it was yeah, I mean, lessons were being taught on different goddesses and gods mm-hmm. right in the you know at the cash register. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so. Um, with these practices, burning sage and all of that stuff, um, what, what do you, what do you 
think things are going spiritually with uh, particularly our generation? I think it's going back around, back to nature. I think, again, you have no choice but to be spiritual beings. You have no choice but to, like, love the outside. You have no choice but to, like, marvel at nature and love the wolf. No choice to get a dog. You have no choice but to be, to commune. You have no choice but to understand and maybe talk to your brother or whatever else. You have no choice but to do that. You may not know why you're doing it. You may not understand it. You may not... You may be distracted by your phone. You may be distracted by whatever else. But once you put that down, you love to jump in the fucking beach. You love that. You need that. Your, your body's always going to go revert to that. There's a reason you like burning sage. It clears your energy. It, it makes you feel like the, your chakras vibrate differently. You're still a vibrational being. Your heart vibrates at a different pace than, pace than your lungs. You're still a vibrational being. All these change of vibration. You still are going to react something that makes you feel good that's your spirit reacting through the physical that's always that's 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 why it's so beautiful because it's a mesh when you see somebody who like who doesn't who just seems out of place or like like why do you have these timberland boots on at the beach like you can't like it doesn't make sense you can't feel the sand anything you can't get the you can't get it like you know you're not it you can't get the full experience you're not like okay we get it from you from new york nigga but Damn, this is the beach. Yeah. This is what this is what it's for. It's for to put your fan your feet down and and cleanse. I, I feel like and I have to look at this a little more carefully, but I think there's a growing uh, sort of industry of spirituality. Um, but a declining, particularly in America, uh, of the traditional religions. And so people used to express spirituality and rituals through a religion mm. like, but voodoo and things of that sort these are not necessarily religions as much as they are spiritual practices um, so what are you seeing from maybe your friendships your sphere of influence networking I'm, I'm seeing and I'm feeling honestly more connected to like life and people and just energies yeah just sure. just because i'm being more aware of it i'm being told of it and I, again the same thing i did the understanding and i'm just the way i'm maybe it comes with age but i'm starting to be in tune with like how i feel more what makes me feel more and what doesn't make me feel to be real because i've been around a lot of shit that just didn't make me feel and so i, I could like trick myself to being I'm just numb to a lot of shit no nigga that shit just didn't make you feel anything yeah. this over here made you feel fucking uh, uh, fireballs and shit like that that's, yeah. that's the complete opposite you were just around the wrong energy yeah. the vibration was low you needed something that was gonna raise your vibration so there's this, this thought process that particularly with our generation a lot of our sources of influence came in um, uh, early childhood um, and even as we got older um, a lot of our entertainment and time was spent in a certain uh, area looking through the world from a certain lens uh, like for example it, it's possible that there's more of an attraction towards some of these things because we grew up on things like Harry Potter 
our generation gravitates towards Doctor Strange and all of that stuff more than any other generation. Um, uh, I mean, I'm thinking back even to Big Bad Beetleboard and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, that was my shit. But uh, but there's there's plenty of things even even with cards, card games, and uh, and there's sort of the magical. Experiences through those card games, um, Pokemon card trading, all mm-hmm. of the, all of these things, uh, where on this card there's this being that, to some degree, you can control. But if it's standing in your face and it goes wild, you can't control it. Um, it's a beautiful being that is called a Pokemon. What is a Pokemon? If, if, if we were back in Agree. Agree. You're right. Those things probably made us more understanding, but again, I take it back to words are, are spells. I take it back to words are spells. I mean, like, the etymology of words and things we do are important. Like, the word job in Creole means, like, monster. The word job in, like, I don't say French or something means, like, uh, for real. <laughs> the word job in French means like uh, like unwilling or, or slow death or some you know, some weird shit like that. It's so, like so before we get to, to that, I just want to finish up on that last point and say if that's the case, is it we're just smarter than all the other generations? Yes. Or we've been and if we are, then how do we get smarter? For the path they've built, we've built this path. We've built, or the path that's been built for us. That has been built on. for us to, to travel, travel on. Yes, exactly. And so, by who? Ancestors, people who were here before us. They put, they had so the, the previous generation. Yeah, built this path for us to travel on. Yes, which makes us smarter than any other generation. I wouldn't say smarter, just more capable. More capable than any other generation. Yeah. Because they were probably just as smart, just worked as much as they could with what they had. So that doesn't make them smarter, just because they weren't, didn't have access to technologies or capabilities. So I wouldn't say we're smarter, we're more capable. Maybe we're able to use what we have better because we have a better understanding and better knowledge of where we're at in the world and how amazing this shit around us is. So we probably know better to, to take advantage of it. I think people before us, like, this was all new, so we were scared of it. Like, why would you want to take a picture and put your face on the internet for everybody to see it? And why would you want to do this? And this and the third. The government is after you, and the government's going to take your shit and a bunch of, like, nonsense. And now you, that's the only way to make money. That's the only way to get a following. That's the only way to co- co- collect, a, collect a check. But it, it, it didn't come without reason. There's yeah. a reason why people... Of course skeptical towards that um, but I, I think we've been since 
desensitized towards the, the dangers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we have, if, if, if my, my concern is, I believe we've been conditioned to feel this way, to have a, a heart that desires things that were previously desired. Uh, I also think, man, that there's, in our lives, in our generation, there's a portal, spiritual portals that have been opened up that weren't opened up before. And, and this is another thing that we have to think about is that it ain't just good spirits out there in the moment in our life. It ain't just happy, happy-go-lucky angels that make me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And even it could be what scripture says it can be an angel and with glowing white light and still be uh, still produce darkness um, and so uh, I, I'm finding out that there's even things like the practices of yoga there's some testimonies where people are like man this, this thing has told my life up of doing yoga which in some sense you may think it's just a physical thing of just stretching and all of that but there's spiritual practices involved in certain things where it opens you up it changes your chakras and changes your alignment so you may not know how to deal with this new energy that you're feeling because if you're doing yoga and you're aligning your, you're aligning your chakras and aligning your soul you may get a rush of energy that you're not familiar with you may have blocked this center chakra from your whole life and now you're stretching it out and your whole body now gets this rush of normal energy and you're like oh shit I, I'm, I'm really an uh, extrovert I really have tons of energy and I've built my life around something with no energy and now I'm I, once I, I all this high energy I have is destroying this low energy life and if, if, if it means to be a human having a soul and physical flesh there are some beings that exist that are just spiritual. Yeah. And by us opening up certain spiritual portals, those spiritual beings have access to us. Yeah, sure. Possession. That used to be like some being possessed. And I mean, I know you're possessed. Possession in a good way. You can have possession and it's just influence. It's you have possession of. Yeah, so the, I would call that influence. Yeah. Um, you're doing this because of whatever reason or whatever feeling you may you may do. You may not know what the feeling is because of malice so we, so we or have revenge. In, we have influence and temptation, but we also have possession. Now, if you're just doing it, so see, and that's and that's that's sort of the, the mind trick of the whole thing is because you may think I'm just doing it because I've been influenced to do it. What's the difference between that and being possessed, where you're doing it? And you finding enjoyment in it, not knowing you're doing it, finding enjoyment in it because you are possessed. You are under the control of something else. That goes back to words and, and how we and how we should be doing 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 shit and saying words because like again, <laughs> <laughs> morning. I don't like using the term morning because what you do is you wake up in the morning. Morning is what you do when something's died. It's almost taking a look at a slave who is happy to. Yeah. Doesn't know he's possessed. I see him all the time. Enjoy it. Yeah. I see him all the time. 
Niggas look like they work at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A glare. Motherfucker, he just been cooking his hot-ass grease for 10 hours. And you gonna give me some free fries? Do it. I know you mad. <laughs> I know you mad. It's all right. Chick-fil-A got you trained correctly, and I appreciate it. Because they paying you right, and you can be mad. Yep, serve you good. This is wild. But with that, I'm gonna end it. Season three. Cody G, the pastor of South Florida. If you listen to this, I've posted the links and all that. He's a wise man. He's gonna give you all the knowledge you need. Play this back as your sermon. This is really just a sermon for you. This is church on a Friday. That's the name of this church on a Friday. I like that. But uh, actually, I'm only ending because my battery's dying. We would have kept chopping it up, but my battery's dying. I gotta get this MacBook right. But uh. This is your humble host, E, and Pastor Cody. Until next time, peace.